Welcome to the Covering All Bases podcast, where we're going to discuss everything that baseball and softball players and parents need to know in order to play at the next level, whether that be high school, college, or professional. This podcast is hosted by me, TJ Moffitt, professor of kinesiology and baseball strength and conditioning coach at Cal State Bakersfield and owner of Moffitt Training Systems, and Bobby Mattia, the owner of the Bakersfield Baseball Academy and Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club. This episode of the Covering All Bases podcast is brought to you by Moffitt Training Systems. Moffitt Training Systems is an online strength and conditioning service that delivers the highest quality strength and conditioning programs to enhance the physical development of baseball and softball players. Training is delivered directly to you right on your phone with videos and written descriptions as well as access to our coaches. Check out Moffitt Training Systems today and take your game to the next level with the best physical development out there. This uh, I, it, And it's funny because we talk about, and I really want to stress to people that your young athlete, your young you know athlete, your young daughter, your young son, it's not like that right now. You know, it's it's an hour, hour and a half a day taking a little bit of your time to get better at a craft or your trade or whatever it may be. And, and that's where the kids, you know, lose. I, I went through it this week with a couple of kids. They're like, man, I don't know if I want to do this for three or four hours a day. I said, I don't want to do it for three or four hours a day. Why in the heck yeah. would you want to do it? Getting parents and kids to understand it's an hour and a half, you know, hour, hour let's call it an hour and a half at, at length, you know? Yeah. And I, and I tease them. I'm like, that's three SpongeBob episodes, man. You blow through three SpongeBob episodes like yeah. it's no business. And, uh, and you take the time to, and, and, you know, it's like, it's like anything, you know, anything we do it as adults. Now I do it as a grandpa, you know, you're like, man, I don't know if I have, you know, three hours to go do this. And then I go and you enjoy it so much. And the first two hours blow by in 20 minutes. You're just yeah. like, Oh, wow. But, you know, yeah, you look so, back at your watch, it's yeah, two and a half hours later. And right. It's, it's crazy. You know, and you're, you're coming to the end of something. And, and so we, we drive, you know, to go watch our grandson and it's drive to Fresno and I'm just dreading it every minute of it. And then my wife and I are, we're just visiting and talking. And the next thing you know, we're getting off on Shaw. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah. wow, that, that was pretty enjoyable. And then we watch the game and the game goes by fast. And then we drive home and I'm just thinking, that felt like a two hour window of my life and it was seven, <laughs> It was, like, you know, so, you know, the purpose of this, us sitting down talking, you know, whatever it is, a 16, 17 year history. Yeah. You know, it was just trying to better, better equip, better inform, better, better ideas, better. And I'm going to say it this way, but I don't mean it this way for people that take it wrong. Take an easier path a less bumpier road. It's yeah. still a road. Yeah. If you have to make all the mistakes yourself, it's going to be a tough ride. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine like, we, let's take the least path of resistance. I remember hearing yeah. that, you know, where a lot of people, and then there's just people that are just like, they're going down that path of resistance, no matter what yeah, they want to, they want to do it all by themselves. That's good. Knock it out because we, we, you know, PIA man, you're paying. Yeah. You know, you've got this all mapped out in your head and then you ask them, 
did you do this? I'm like, no, I've never done this before. And you're like, okay, could you just kind of get on the road over here with yeah. me? Yeah. Like we, they, we they know... just paved this. It's brand new. It's like, there's, there's only yeah. two stoplights. Yeah. You just, just hop on with us. We've, we've done it. We've been, we've been with those kids. We've seen the road. Sometimes it's hard for them to see because they don't know what the end of the road looks like. Yeah, for sure. If they don't know what the end of the road looks like, it's, if you don't know where the finish line is, it's hard to get started. Yeah. So yeah, you're just kind of spinning mean, your wheels trying to find which direction to go. As you get older, my, my young kids don't understand this, but it's like, just enjoy the journey. Smell the flowers. Because it's a pretty neat journey. It really is. It's yeah. fun no matter where you go. I don't care if you go to New York or Iowa, or I guess I wouldn't want to be in Iowa today, but, you know, Idaho, like Nevada, it's just neat. And I, you know, I stress to the kids, I stress to parents too often. I'm like, you know what? They always come home. You know, home is home. This is not, that's where we stay, but I've been fortunate to live in a lot of different states and here I am in, you know, Baker, Tucky, <laughs> just living my, my yeah. dream, like loving, loving my life, loving my city, you know, loving everything about it, loving the kids, even our high schools, you know, loving our high schools, just being a proud Bakersfield kid. You know, I, I don't, I couldn't even imagine me living anywhere else to have the, that in the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to come home. They always, yeah. they always, home is home. The other places are just like, that's where I stay. Yeah. There's, it's just a, it's just a time period for me, but they're still always home. Yeah. Home is always my go-to. I mean, I, mean, I even yeah. did that when I lived away. I enjoyed so much coming home, driving home. I'll never forget coming down that Tashby Pass. You know what I mean? Oh, Over, yeah. I love yeah. doing it at night. <clears throat> if you drive from the Grapevine or you drive from the Tashby Pass, Coming into Bearsville at night, Bearsville looks like the biggest city in the world. There's yeah, lights, lights everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> dude, everywhere. And coming off it, the hill, you can see all, it would all be the fields, and then you can see yeah, all the lights. It was insane. I remember that. I remember, like, so vivid. Like, it was yesterday, just driving in over that attached. We passed from Vegas, just going, oh, yes, like, I'm home, yeah. you know? And then you're home for, like, four days. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. Parents are hammering me. Yeah. Do this, do that. You're just like, love you. you know, Bye. <laughs> thought you were staying seven days. Oh, I got an emergency phone call. We didn't have cell phones back then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't even have beepers. <laughs> but, yeah, you're just, I don't know. I get excited when the boys come home. I really it's do. It's always great to see them when they come back. Uh, and, and seeing how they change. Yes. Their stories are phenomenal. Yeah, they're There's, still the same kid, but they've yes, changed. they're different. Their bodies change, even the way they talk. Sometimes it's cute. They uh, and their stories are just—they're so meaningless, but they mean so <laughs> yeah. much to them. And yeah. it's like, and you Especially just have to listen. Their yes. first time they come back. Oh, the from, first time they come back, you, yeah, they they just left heaven. Yeah, they left heaven and had to come back home. You know, and they're gonna tell everybody about it. It's the greatest thing in the world. Guess what we did? And then you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You want to go, oh, we did it too, but yeah. you're not even going to share that with them. It's the cutest thing. We had the boys come home for Christmas. Even the, it's fun, even with the pro kids, when they come home. You know, they get to come home for longer stints, but, you know, it's funny how they, they just love being home. Yeah, you when know, you're away that long, you're, oh, you're on a, that grind. It's it's man. a nice break. Yeah, for sure. It's a recharge. And, and they still, you know, they're out here every day throwing, doing their stuff, trying to get their stuff done. But they, uh, they, I think they appreciate it more. It just comes in time. That's the maturity of a kid. I don't even know. It, it builds perspective. They they meet new people. 
they find new new routines. Yeah. They they start to see what works. They're hearing from different people. They're not hearing from us chirping on them all the time. They this have new true. people. And then they realize we're telling them the same exact thing. For sure. No, I mean, I, I think people do that. I have, I have dads come in and they'll come in and they'll tell me, you know, I'm telling the same thing. You know, I don't know why you didn't listen to me. I'm like, because you have that title of dad. You know, I have eight grandchildren. Go ahead and tell them whatever you want to tell them. Because I know you're not going to hurt them. You're not going to give me any yeah. bad advice. And guess what? They'll listen to you better than they do me. Yeah. I'm just Papa. You know, or, my, or the kids. You know, my kids don't listen to me. Why would you listen to me? Yeah, why would I listen to Dad? That's what I mean. Why would I what to he's old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I tell Dad. I honestly have said that to dads before. Because they were like, well, I tell them the same thing. You won't listen to me. I'm like, here's my grandson right over there. Go tell him whatever you want. I know you're not going to hurt him. I know you're not going to give him any bad advice. And he'll listen to you better than me. And I'm good with that. I'll check my ego in at the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally good with it. Yeah, it's not about being about the kid. Yeah. It's just, how, can we, how can we best support the kid? Yeah. It, it's just, That's what I mean. It's just getting, I guess, like equal values, you know, equal thoughts, equal beliefs, you know. To the kids it's for us it's like we talk about i'm not kidding you it's, it's brought up numerous times in a week accountability just be accountable i don't want to hear how your teacher's bad i don't want to hear how your my teacher hates me yeah my teacher hates me and i'm like i tell them all the time we have teachers that you know teach and their parents and they bring their kids into the school whenever i hear that from a kid i immediately look for a teacher and i say the same thing you ever hated a student on day one Every teacher says the same thing. No, but they earn it by the end of the week. <laughs> you know? it's, not, it's not that you hate them. It's, it's their behavior. No, yeah, no, it's you, 100% you, you their behavior. You love them as a person. But, but it takes, you know. Their behavior is. You draw attention. Yeah. It's like the tattoo on your forehead. Yeah, it's not good. It just says moron. Yeah. It's just like you come in with that title. And I'm sure, I mean, as a kid, you know, I was always the kid that was, sure does enjoy talking in class. <laughs> You know, like, you know, there's, there's ways to, I don't know, those are channeling those kids. I mean, to, to relate it to baseball, it's like we talk about with our young kids. Like, they have to play all positions. They got to play them all. And I know this is kind of sidetracked, but it's not. You just got to play them in all positions. And nobody likes outfield. It's boring. But you have to learn to play outfield. And then the kids that really have trouble focusing, that's easy. Just have them pitch and catch. Yeah, the ball's coming to him every time. Yeah. yeah, Every single play, the ball's coming at him. And so once they start understanding, who cares if they can pitch and who cares if they can catch? Yeah, they're, they're 12, 13, they're, 14 years old. They, yeah. Who, who cares? They're not going to be great at anything. The ball's coming at you. Yeah. You better be ready. You know, and, mm -hmm. and so, and then you can take that and start, you know, we have some of the kids are just, I don't want to catch. I'm like, well, if you paid better attention, I probably wouldn't do that to you. You know, you don't pay. It's going to put you in a situation where you have to pay attention. Right. You got to pay attention. You got to be focused and you got to go. And then once they get through that little dilemma, we'll call it a dilemma. And then you move them to the outfield and they're like, man, I really enjoy it out here. <laughs> it's not so, <laughs> it's not so stressful. It's not so impactful coming at me all the yeah, time. Every time. <laughs> but, and that's, those are the things that kids just need to, they need that experience. They just need to fail, man. And I—that's I, probably that. That is probably promise a top five. I don't know if it's number one, but it's a top five. Is that 
our character, everything we talked about, our accountability, our character comes from failing. And you just, you're picking a game that you are going to fail. If you're a phenomenal hitter, you hit 350 at a higher level. I mean, high school, in realism, if you hit under 400, you're not being a very good hitter. You know, you're not understanding what you need to do. And it's not 320 in high school is the equivalent of about 190 in pro ball. You know, because the pitching's just not that good. And and so those are numbers, you know, people might disagree with me, but I'm just telling you the facts. They're, they're, if you're 320 with 30 home runs in high school, that'd be a totally different scenario. But since we don't see that, but, but that kid that's in all those home runs is still probably hitting 500, 600. On yeah, high he really is. I mean, 600, yeah, it's, 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 we had a kid. I remember, I didn't even know it was a record. His name's Kent Sakamoto. And he's probably one of the better hitters to come out of Bakersfield in the last, well, for me, the last 25 years I've been here. But not, not was he just a great hitter. He's a phenomenal kid and uh, ended up going to Fresno State. He, I, I didn't know it at the time, and I don't remember who it was, and I'm a bad Bakersfield kid for not remembering. But the record in high school was like 605. That was actually a real record. Like a kid, a guy hit, and I don't even know, it was in the 50s or 60s. I want to say it was Jimmy, and I can't remember Callison. I'm pretty sure, but it's another. But it was like 600, you know, 605. And this kid, Kent Sakamoto, who is now a canine sheriff, yeah, father. You know what I mean? Just he's. I don't even know. He's unbelievable. I'm proud of him. He's an unbelievable young man. The last game of the season, he he had the record, and it was a playoff game against Centennial. I'll never forget it. He was like two points. The record was like 605 and he was hitting 607. But I we yeah. didn't know that. And he ended up going three for five oh, against wow. Centennial. And his batting average dropped six points. Yeah, because he went three for five. He went three for five and his batting average dropped. And it went right under, right under the, record. the record. And I remember thinking, you know, Arvin High UNLV guy going, how is that even possible? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He hit 600 that game. Yeah. <laughs> it dropped. And, and he ended up, I'm sure he's number two. I don't, I don't even know where you find those records. But, you know, those kids, they, I mean, those, those are the kids that go on. And, you know, he went on to Fresno State, had a great career, played for the Pirates. Um, whenever, I don't know the years, but I just know, I know he hit the last, the Yankees built a new facility in Tampa. And it was the last spring training game in that stadium and he hit the last home run oh, well. ever out of that stadium, which I thought was pretty cool. It's like, you know, it's not a record to anybody, but it is to us, you know, it definitely is to him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I hit the last home run in the old Tampa stadium in spring training, the big league park. So, you know, it, you put up some, those are some lofty numbers for high school kids, but it's just a reality check. And I'm pretty sure he had 30 plus walks his senior year. Cause they had nobody wanted yeah. to pitch to him, but then he refused to get himself out. So guess what? You end up with a Megan Langenfeld did the same thing, same thing at Centennial High School. That girl would not get herself out, and so on turn, you know, she hit some ridiculous number. Yeah, don't know what it was, but it was definitely over five hundred. But I'm, I'm pretty sure she had thirty five plus walks in a season. I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot, dude. For, for it's, just figure a hundred at bats. Yeah, you're getting a hundred at bats. Yeah. 35% of the time, they're just walking. And and are you willing to do that? And that's what we talk about the kids. That's like, 
you know, being accountable of your at-bats. Like, just don't get yourself out. That's probably the number one thing I've ever said. Just don't get yourself out. And then I got to explain to them, what does get yourself out mean? And then they figure it out in time. I just don't swing at something you don't want to swing at. Period. And that's it. That's, it doesn't get any harder. It doesn't get any simpler. It's just, if you throw it, I'll decide not to swing. Yeah, if it's not, it's not something I can hit well. Yeah, it's just not, if it's not in the location I'm looking for, I'm not swinging. I don't care what the umpire says. I don't care any about any of that stuff. You know, smart kids struggle with that. You know, they, the high GPA, my 4.0 plus kids, you know, success to them is 90% plus. And then they go to baseball. (laughs) There was a, for for the kids that pitch, what's going off the top of my head, Casey Bloomquist, right-handed pitcher out of BCHS, Cal Poly, played for the Cubs, became a coach for the Cubs. John Lester, number one pitcher for the Cubs, gave the boys a letter. Casey was on the 40-man, gave the uh, guys, the pitching staff, a letter that he wrote, and it was his mindset to compete. And it went somewhere along the lines. I, you know, not exact, but it was somewhere along the lines of, I'm going to make 30 starts every year. And parents, you need to truly understand this. This is a major league number one pitcher. There is only 30 of them in the world. They are on a completely different level. They are the cream of the cream. And he said, I'm going to make 30 starts in a year. Five of those starts, I will have my A game, my grade A game, game over. Like, you're, I'm you're, not losing. Yeah. No, I'm not losing. You're incapable of scoring off me. And five of those starts, I will have my C game. The ball does not go where I want it to. It doesn't have the bite that it has on it. And I'm just competing, trying to keep my team in the game. And then the other 20 starts, I will have my B game. I'll be locked in on some innings. I'll struggle some hitters. I'll struggle some innings. You know, I'm just trying to get through this game. And, and get as much out of me as I possibly can. So mathematically, 25 of my 30 starts, I am competing with my B game or C game. So it's my mindset, my mindset, the competition. I'm competing, what it is I'm trying to do. And people have to understand that. And I think that's a, something that, you know, we talk to the kids, just compete. Compete. I don't care about the results. I don't care. And when you lock that into your brain, 25 of your 30 starts, are you're not your best no you are not your best you're not your best you're not doing the things you need to do on that day and it's gonna be something simple as you slept wrong and your hip is killing you um in the future uh we'll have alan winans on the show with us and i had called alan last year one of our boys was talking about how he gets frustrated because he doesn't feel good every time he starts or every time he pitches and and I we just immediately picked up the phone and called Alan. I called him and said, Alan was gone. And I, he might have been in Atlanta and he might have been in Gwinnett. I don't remember. Um, but I called him and said, hey, in your last 10 starts, how many of them have you felt you had your best stuff and you were locked in? And he said, maybe one. And he goes, it was funny because he's like, I ate something bad and I had the runs. And like yeah. he was just going through all these little different things. And, and the kid, the young man that was sitting with me on speakerphone, you know, we were sitting there and he was just like, you could tell he was blown away a little bit. Like, what are you talking about? You're, you're this guy, you're this superstar, you're this professional athlete. You don't feel great every time. And Alan was like, no, man, he goes, I'm not, it just doesn't work that way. No. 
you know, it's no, no different it's, it's than who are you when you're not your best. Yes. That's, that's who, that's who you are. Who you are is when you're not your best because your true character is going to come out at that time. Everybody is their best when things are good. Yeah. It's like, what are you are easy when you're, when you're feeling good. Well, they're awesome. Right. Life is perfect. You know what I mean? We got money in the bank. We're freaking bills are paid. Everything's awesome. We're good. Our true competitiveness comes out when we're like, okay, we're running out of money. As parents, we're going, (laughs) what are we going to do? And then, you know, half the people, you know, are looking for help. And the other half are like, I'll go get another job. You know, I'll I'll find a way. I'm I'm going to find a way. I'm going to. So I tell the boys here. I mean, we do. The boys recycle bottles and cans and you just find find ways. You just find ways to survive and succeed. And it's what we do. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Covering All Bases podcast. We encourage you to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with one of your teammates, one of your friends, or anyone else you know that is trying to get to the next level, whether that be baseball, softball, high school, college, or professional. We want to give the best information to those who need it. So please share it out. We look forward to talking to you again soon.